Hello, all, and welcome to the Triple H Podcast. Happy Hour Hoops, your one-stop shop for enjoying a cold beverage and listening to our ice-cold basketball takes. Everything NBA all the time. We have a loaded show today and a couple of guests. Also, Jake, our forever fearless Jake Micah, back from the COVID protocols. He is now back in the swing of things here at the Triple H Podcast. Um, we have oh, a few man. guests, like I mentioned, Ty B and Slick L from Trainwreck Sports joining us as well. Guys, how we doing? How we feeling on this fine Tuesday evening? Got to be feeling good. Tons of basketball to, you know, keep us through the winter right now as we're getting into the uh, NFL playoffs here. And a lot of good basketball really starting to ramp up because when you look at the standings, it might have been like the teams, like the top 10 or 11 teams you thought, but not necessarily the same, you know, the order you thought it was going to be in. So I think Mm -hmm. there's going to be a lot of fighting down the stretch here for some playoff positions and playoff seating. It's just going to be a lot of entertaining basketball now. We're at, you know, we're at the halfway mark, basically. Yeah, a lot of exciting basketball and a lot of free money to be made as well with New York State going mobile. I've been cashing out. Basketball's <laughs> been good to me as of late, so I'm looking let's forward go. to tonight as well. And we got a couple good games to watch. Um, all right, but let's get into news and notes. There's a lot to go over in the last two yes. weeks of everything. The league, has it looks a lot different than it did. So let's start. I'm going off script right away because we got to start with Clay first. Clay coming back i was 941 days i believe um, since he was last on a basketball court came back sunday night during honestly the like one of the craziest sunday night sports windows besides like finals games you'll ever have between clay and that raiders chargers game it was just there's a lot going on there but clay came back 17 points uh on 7 of 18 shooting uh the warriors ran away with it against the Cavs. Um, as we already talked about, Clay Slick brought him up. He's 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 in believer in Clay. How did you guys feel, Donnie? I'll start with you. Seeing uh, what you saw from Clay coming back, just in general, it doesn't even I don't even bother his play. Whatever. I mean, you expect you can't expect too much too much the first game back. But what did how did you feel seeing him step back on the court on Sunday? I felt I felt all the vibes. I think that every other <laughs> you know diehard NBA fan was feeling from the. You know, the run into the stanchion under the the hoop at the very beginning of the game to just, you know, seeing the crowd erupt. And then something that Slick uh, brought up before we hopped on here was, you know, not only was it the old shooting performance that we got from Clay Thompson, you know, that obviously that shot's never going to go away. But the fact that he was just looking to dunk on people, too. I mean, 900 something days you mentioned off. Of course, that's some fresh legs, but, you know, a very serious injury that he's coming off of and then all of a sudden whips out, you know, just a mean dunk on whoever he he was going at him. And I think that was just great to see clay attack. And um, obviously, I mean, you, you heard all the post game comments from coach, from Steph, from everyone in between. Um, you can just tell that this already dominant warriors team is, you know, so glad to have this second splash bro back in action. Slick, how'd you feel seeing Clay back out there? Oh, man, I'm a bit biased because I was born in the Bay Area. But if you're a fan of basketball, <laughs> bias is welcome. If, if you're a fan of basketball, you were happy to see that, man. And right, like Donnie said, I, I was just so impressed with the athleticism. And mm. as we talked about, like, you, you don't expect too much first game back, right? But he had 17 points, I believe. Yeah. 
like that's just enough to convince he did everything enough to convince me that the old clay is back i don't want to jinx anything but he showed all the factors of what made him such a great basketball player and he did just enough for me to realize that we have an all-time great back in the league yeah, I mean, that that's a big thing you want to see out of any player coming back from a serious injury, especially um, back-to-back serious injuries, is how, you know, aggressive are they going to be? Are they going to trust, you know, the those repairs that they've had? And it seemed like he did, and he's, you know, pretty much full go in, in my mind from what I've seen. So um, him having that, you know, that willingness to just be out there and be confident that his body is where it needs to be to do the things that he was doing before – is is perfect because some times you see those guys they come back and they're a bit gun shy and especially in football um you know where you're having some a little bit more aggressive cuts and stuff like that but guys will you know double guess something and then that's when they take a misstep yeah. and boom you you retire something or re-injure something yeah. and gordon hayward you, after his injury. Yeah, yeah you gotta you gotta just go out there and do your same thing and you can't mm-hmm. play with that fear. And he, and he landed right. They, they showed it on the broadcast too. Like he landed hard right on that knee, right off that, off that first uh, jumper, a little floater, whatever there. And it, it worked out. He was fine. He had the energy going. Um, I, I, it's like, you made a good point about the athleticism because I was interested to see what they do with him defensively. Like clay is, Stuck, like one of the best defenders yeah. in the league when he was healthy and everything and they put him right on Darius Garland and had him in clamps the whole game and I was like oh shit like <laughs> it just felt it felt like old Clay watching that because Clay, Garland had trouble all game long that's a lot to do with the Cavs and their guard situation too at this moment but it was just encouraging to see that's a guy that's been playing one of the top levels in the league this year and he was about the task right away so I'll swing it back around coming back to you Ty what is Steph has talked about this year um saying that it's basically three seasons that they're looking at they were looking at before clay the after clay season and then obviously the postseason and trying to get the ultimate goal so the the before clay season the warriors have exceeded everybody's expectations so what are your expectations of them now that he's back in the fold yeah i mean to some people it was a huge surprise but I don't really think it was when you look out and you saw the additions they made to that roster, especially uh, through the draft, just like with, with the athletic wings you add, um, it just makes your team just so much more dynamic to play against when you have people like that coming off the bench who are just can do a little bit of anything really. And I've been talking about this for a long time with my brother, just from playing 2k and everything like with the draft classes that had been, you know, projected to come in is you're going to see this huge influx of talent where these, you know, the 10th guy on the bench, like he can go off for 25 points in a random night. And the warriors are one of those teams that are that deep to do that type of thing. And now you bring a guy like, like Clay Thompson, who's had some of the most incredible performances in NBA regular season history um, in terms of, you know, his three point shot and everything else. Like we've seen how hot he can get. You put him in this, in this lineup. And I think they have to be the the favorite right now in the Western conference. Oh yeah, for sure. Slick, did you lay any Warriors futures right after Clay came on too, or? hundred percent, even before I loved, (laughs) I mean, like Ty said, they were exceeding every expectation that anyone had, but that's because of the addition of the great wings. What my rookie standout, Gary Payton Jr. Absolutely tearing it up. And as you and I said before the show, Mike, Jordan Poole's making a case for sixth man of the year out here. 
you look at these young guns, they added the fuel to the fire that that Warriors team once had when Steph and Clay were the young guns, and they had the mm-hmm. likes of Harrison Barnes, and they still got Iguodala. But, and then we still got to take into consideration James Wiseman isn't even back yet. I know. Wiseman even, comes back. Yeah. It's over. <laughs> like, the West better watch out. The Golden State Warriors are coming. <laughs> it's funny how it here first. It? <laughs> right here well first. breaking this news. is i think the the thing that we have to get into this is something else that we touched on uh before hopping on here but it's the whole draymond situation <laughs> and for for those who aren't aware this is this is essentially how it went down apparently before clay's return draymond had talks with steve kerr that he had you know he's dealing with a, a minor injury but had no intentions to actually play in the game um, that Clay was returning in, but he wanted to be a part of the starting lineup for Clay's first game back in 900 some odd days. So he made an agreement with the the staff and everyone else on the team that he would start at power forward and right at the tip, he took a foul as soon as the other team got the ball and went to the bench and never returned. But there's two two sides to the story. I just, I, you know, I kind of want to get your guys' opinion. And we can start with the betting side because we've seen all the bit- videos from <laughs> BR betting and everywhere else on social media that, you know, people who had Draymond first basket or over points or under points. And, you know, there's people upset who are involved with Vegas and, you know, all the casinos and that and betting platforms. And then there's people who, you know, are like us and, sitting at their homes, betting on player props and whatnot. I want to get your guys' take on that. And then I just want to – I want to ask you guys, like, how you feel about it just as, like, an athlete standpoint and, like, the move with itself. Because I'm not surprised that Draymond or someone on the Warriors, this Warriors team, did something along those lines. But it's definitely <laughs> definitely a unique situation for sports. So what do you guys think betting-wise? Like, how, how are we feeling about that? Obviously, all-time bad beat, but, like – I don't know. Yeah, it's true. some strange stuff. I and I were saying before the show, and even you you said, Dunny, that you you were pretty aware that this was going to happen before tip-off. And mm-hmm. I would love to know if it was reported by the Warriors beat reporter before the game at what time it was <laughs> reported. And ultimately, that's on you as the better. If that's yeah. if that's reported and it's known information before the game, I hate to say it, that's on you. Save your energy getting mad at the casino. They probably watched that game and were <laughs> laughing to the bank. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Sure. <laughs> and then as soon as you know the news came out, I'm sure it was within minutes it was taken down. But people, you know, got that news. They ran with it, got it in as quick as possible, texted it to all their buddies in their group chats, locked it in, and that's the way it goes. And you know, you see some sports books investigating it. Like these people got like crazy inside information. Like Draymond was texting people, yeah. go, I'm about to, I'm about to file. Like, come on, like if if the information information gets out there and it's public information it doesn't matter that's public information at that point you can't void bets because of public information like once something's reported by a reporter that's public information or if it's out there on the twitter sphere any of that so i hate you know the sports books even like looking into it that way um if anything in good faith if anyone had put in maybe some bets on draymond you could you know void them but 
it's just pay attention. Like things are out there in the public domain and yeah, that's why betting is so hard. It's not easy. It's not supposed to be easy. Like if you're not paying attention all the time, you're usually going to get burned. You have to do the research. Yeah. Do due diligence on both ends for the, you know, casinos and the betters. It's like, you know, no matter what side of the coin you're on here, Try try to, you know, get some background. Dude, knowledge they had before, Justin Herbert over 12 and a half receiving yards <laughs> over the weekend. My buddies were putting like four grand on it. Yeah. Also, too, for anyone that's saying like <laughs> since that information was out, the books shouldn't put him as an option for first basket score. Like he's in the starting lineup. They have to. You, yeah. They could take them, and out, of course they're going it's not, to. It's not up to them. Yeah, yeah exactly. They too. want people to they're, still bet. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they want people to. And like I said, they said they were probably watching that and laughing. They know what they were doing. Like, yeah. Okay, so we we all seem to be in pretty much agreement of that. Obviously, you know the videos are priceless. Of course, it's a bad beat. I feel bad if you had them first basket, but again, you obviously didn't do your homework. Second part of it, you know, I'm seeing from other athletes, you know social media accounts, sports accounts, you know, whatever, whatever you want to call it. You know, some people are saying this is like the corniest move in basketball history. Um, Draymond guys do, guys do it in the NFL all the time. Like yeah. week 17, you're going to rest your starting quarterback, but it's like Eli, when they were going in the playoffs back in the day, he would just come in, take a snap, you know, yeah, one, one drive, hand it off. Yeah. And get him out of the game. Right. Like, and they, it's done in other sports. And players do it for like the um, the starting game streaks and you know yeah. all, all those types of things. Think about yeah, Kyle Ripken's streak. Uh, there's the biggest conspiracy. The one game was literally like postponed because of a threat of a thunderstorm and it like never <laughs> rained and he was hurt. Right. Like, and it's uh, not just anybody too. Like we're talking about two guys that are are part of an NBA dynasty. Yeah. And not yeah. only are they a part of an NBA dynasty, I'm sure they're brothers off the court. You know. And For Clay sure. Thompson hasn't played in what nine hundred something days. I would love to share that moment with him as well. If I was Draymond, I completely. Yeah. I think there's nothing wrong with the move. Um, if anyone's hating, they have no business doing it, and um, they should probably win three championships before they start talking. <laughs> Speak I was, to the rings. Yeah, I'm kind of in total agreement with you, Slick, because when I saw it initially, I was like, "Yeah, that." I mean for sure like strange just for you know an avid sports watcher to see something like that like definitely a little out of pocket but then that was the exact thought that came to my mind it's like i've never experienced a brotherhood like that like you're talking about the golden state warriors here and you're talking about you know two of the three biggest catalysts on this dynasty so it's like you yes you can hate from the outside but at the same time no one else is really going to understand that on the level that they understand that so at the end of the day you know it's it it was a cool thing to see definitely may have rubbed people the wrong way but you know i'm i'm here for that people just don't like Draymond. that's yeah that plays into it for sure (laughs) it doesn't help all right there was another return last week not i don't think this was as celebrated of a return as the play (laughs) return in, in the grand scheme of things but this man has been back for two games now kyrie irving back on the court Last Wednesday, uh, where did they play last Wednesday? I don't even remember where. Indiana, that was. Indiana, that's right. And then they were in Portland last night, so he has two games under his belt, uh, twenty-two points in both. Dunny, what has been your impression seeing Kyrie back on the floor, albeit not at the Barclays Center, just in every other arena in the in the association? Yeah. So, first game back, 
it was kind of just like, oh, yeah. I mean, this is what Kyrie Irving brings to the table. Um, last night, 22 points again in Portland. And then, you know, as far as what the Nets are going to look like going forward, I still just can't even form an opinion on it because they he is literally a part-time player. And yeah. it's, you know. We, and I think James didn't couple, play last night too, which was tough. Right. And so, yeah, it's still even now he's not playing, you know, with the other two superstars when he is there. Um, and me and you said a couple weeks ago, it's like he's a 50% player. He's not like he's not even going to play 50% of the games because there's other states that don't <laughs> yeah. allow him to play too. Yeah. So it's literally just like, I don't know, you can't get a percentage. I'll just, player. Yeah. I'll call <laughs> him a part- are also in New York. Yeah, Yeah, let's call him part-time Kai for now on. (laughs) But you know, I don't know. I don't know how to determine what the Brooklyn Nets are going to look like. I think they're good enough to where they can roll with a part-time Kai, and then we'll see what happens in the playoffs. But you know, as far as outside of what the Nets are going to look like, first game was like whatever. Okay, Kyrie's back. He's you know, it was pretty quiet. And then last night we have timeout, timeout, timeout. Colby wouldn't be able to play in Buffalo if we had a dome just for all you dome wanting girls. <laughs> that just popped in my head. So you can you can keep going again. That had there to come about. No, but then all I was going to say was, you know, you think Kyrie's back. He, you know, he has 22 points in both games. Great. But then there is this uh, something else we were talking about before he hopped on. This Nasir Little business last night. Kyrie, Kyrie's back two games and he's already making TMZ headlines here. <laughs> he he calls out Nasir Little for you guys. For those of you who didn't see it, um, there's a, a scrap for a loose ball. Nasir Little making a hustle play, dives kind of in between Kyrie's legs while Kyrie has his back to him. And the quote from Kyrie Irving said that the dive was unnecessary and he could have broken my ankle. I just. <laughs> It's it's almost exhausting. Like I love Kyrie, I, I love Kyrie the player, and I love watching him play, and I think he's great for the game. But it's like it's almost like we forgot that this is what it would be like when he comes back, and then boom, you know, right after the second Immediately. game, like we're, yeah. we're like you don't think Steve Nash, like this infuriates Nash, dude? Like <laughs> he's he's wanting his star point guard to come back all season long. He hasn't back two games. They lose to Portland. Yeah. You know, a team that they should handle their business with regardless of, you know, if the other superstars are on the court or not. And, you know, now he's making TMZ headlines yet again, um, calling out other players for basically just yeah. hustling. So this that, is that's, that's where I'm for. at right now. This is what they signed up for. This is, this uh, is I didn't I mean, forget. I'm sick of this dude. He's been part-time Kai for the last four years. That's ever true. Since, you know what? Ever You're since he right. left the Celtics, he's been part-time Kai. I might be yeah. biased there, but come on, man. This dude hasn't played a full season in Yonks. And he's and he's on the news every other week. Oh my yeah. god. I'm so sick of it. Like he's a great player. We all know what he can bring to the court, and he's doing just that. But you can't, you're not gonna succeed in the playoffs with a part-time player especially for a team that's probably going to have home court advantage in a couple series. Yeah, for sure. What, like what? That's Maybe they don't want home court. They should take like the four seeds so they could, they yeah, can right? just go. Yeah. The right. But like, because it's honestly, be the, the, it's honestly the best basketball move if, they can do. If the Nets did that, 
I would not be surprised at all. They are the type of team to do that shit. Well, and then Kevin Durant said he said he'll he'll come off the court when he's dead. Essentially, yesterday yeah. they were asking about his minutes restriction. He's like, I play till I'm dead or something. I like, like Durant. So I yeah, he said I would die out here on the court. Yeah, that's what it was. Like, that's what's up. I'm not trying to see it, but like respect. <laughs> shit. It's so crazy over. how how far two different superstars on the team, same team, can be on the spectrum. Kyrie is just completely fine playing part-time games, practicing in middle school gyms or whatever he was talking about in his first press conference. And then you have Kevin Durant over here literally saying, I will die for the Brooklyn Nets. (laughs) He would probably go outside right now in like the five-degree weather in Buffalo and play a game if he he had to. If someone challenged him to a pickup. Yeah, yeah. like you could just talk shit to him and he would probably drive to Buffalo and play. He'd be like, oh, for sure, for sure. That would Kyrie be, would be like, um, I'm uh, currently uh, burning sage in my room. So, <laughs> yeah. sorry. Getting your bad vibes away Have from you... me. Yeah. Jake, oh what, is, what, what are your overall thoughts here, Jake? You... I know your dad's a huge Nets fan. Do we have any inside scoop he's, from Mr. He's, Michael? He's, he can't stand Kyrie Irving as much as anybody else at this point, so he's pretty much out So he's, on Kyrie. he's got the full experience. I'm glad to yeah. hear that he's he's up to speed on his Kyrie. This is this is the, and that's what I've said to him as I'm like, listen, I had the Kyrie experience. Then obviously knowing you and our and Brett, though with the Celtic experience, it was right there. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is what it's gonna be. And he he has not he's not enjoyed it that much. Um, I don't know, man. I, I'm the playoffs is the most interesting thing to me. I don't really care about what he does in the regular season, but right. just the dynamic of them what it's going to look like with him going only playing in half the games in a playoff series and how different, like how difficult that's going to be the game plan for Steve Nash, every game, like those types of things, like a defensive game plan. Imagine how much you have to change your defensive scheme when one player who's in your starting lineup for half the games and isn't in the other ones. Like just, there's so many little intricacies that in those series that makes such a big difference and just adding more onto a coach like Steve Nash, who's and is only in his second year. It's not like he has a lot of game experience, big game experience, coaching and everything. He's just making it harder on everybody, which is what we've known. But it's it's tough to see, especially when you got a guy like Duran out there who's gonna apparently play till he's ninety five years old on a basketball court. Um, what do you think, Ty? I don't know. What? How are you feeling about it? Uh, it's just weird. It's like what what does he bring to like really help them in the long term? Like they're already the two seeds. So like how much does he prove, you know, their, their ability in the standings? Like, like you said, you almost want to lose games so that you have the opportunity with him in four games in a series instead of three uh, by playing on the road. But like, there's just so many unknowns and so many question marks that like, I don't even think you risk it. I think you just try to give yourself the easiest route back to the finals and let uh kd you know carry you there and i I mean he he basically is telling everyone he wants to and he does not give a shit like like he said if if he dies out there so if that's the case i mean just just keep riding him uh try and get that one seed i think you know the the bulls have done a great job so far this season but i think the nets have a have a much better chance at getting the one seed over the course of the second half of the season so just handle your business and and figure it out in the playoffs i just i don't see how it's great for you but they are 14 and 4 on the road too as opposed to 11 and 10 at home so you might be on to something there about taking a, a lower seed 
I'm serious, bro. Just fucking just go. Don't even play the rest of the games. Take the four seed. And then you get to go to Chicago. Like Chicago, we don't have to go deep into Chicago. The, them in the playoffs, I don't I think they're fool's gold a little bit this year for what you're going to. And that's what tomorrow's matchup that they have is going to be so interesting to see yeah. how they play each other and match up. And if I were the Nets and you look at that and it's like you could go play a Chicago team who's not great, it's going to be great defensively the whole playoffs and kind I of hopefully Chicago's looking ahead. Yeah, <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just it's gonna be, I don't know. It's weird. I'm, I'm not gonna get used to it at all. But I'm in, I'm hoping to see him ball out in a in a big game atmosphere tomorrow night, and and maybe that'll put a better taste in our mouths about Kyrie Irving. Let's get through the rest of the news and notes here. The league though, we got a bunch uh, going on still around. Potentially, Damian Lillard done for the season, going to be sitting down. That was uh, Mark Stein reported that in his his. New York Times newsletter yesterday. Um, Donnie, what does this mean for Dame's just future in general if he doesn't play the rest of the season? And we know that it's obviously not been a good year in Portland so far. And now Anthony Simons is balling out in his absence. He's averaging 27 points a game the last five yeah. games. So what are your overall yeah. thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, what just like what an exhausting ride this must be for Blazers fans. Like the last... I don't even know, like three, four seasons at this point. Um, definitely crazy, a, a, a little shocking. And honestly, just like, what do you do at this point? If you're a Blazers fan, a Blazers player, the organization, like it just seems like almost all that Dame Lillard, all the Dame Lillard rumors from, you know, last off season and all the possible trades that could have been made. It, it almost seems like in hindsight now, some deal should have been made or some trigger should have been pulled where you could have blown up this whole thing. And you're just left with, you know, a, a weird, like small grouping of veterans who yeah. won't be with the team. You know, um, a guy like Anthony Simons, who you said has been balling out in Dame's absence. And then, you know, uh, I'm sure an even more frustrated now Damian Lillard than he was before. Um, with the Blazers' current situation and them just failing to put real talent around him. And, you know, I feel like we say this every every season, every offseason. He's not getting any younger. He hasn't yeah. been brought in a legit superstar next to him. He hasn't been dealt into a good situation. Um, you know, this this just seems like the Trailblazers imploding from within and and not really it's much all positivity. Pretty, it's been all bad. Yeah, it's been all yeah. bad for the Blazers this year. I mean, There's like, no I don't news. even, I don't even know what to say. Like, I mean, it, uh, this is coming from a Boston Celtics fan. Like, this is the Celtics season. Is <laughs> there's bad. there's no sugarcoating it. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah. I just, it's a similar yeah. situation to what happened with the Buffalo Sabers and Jack Eichel, where eventually you are forced into having to do something because you yeah. weren't able to please your superstar in any way, whether it was uh, the pieces around him, you know, player wise to just give him the help. Obviously he's had CJ McCollum, but outside of that, it's been, you know, just kind of a revolving door of trying to get the right pieces, but not giving them enough. Um, you know, you've had some, you know, okay, big guys, but like nobody really who's no, taken no enough pressure off Yeah, No one who's going to, you know, he's going to have a reliable pick and roll guy or a guy he can go to down low on the block to eat up some time. So it's not Dame just having to cook all game long. Like that's taxing over 
you know, a four or five, six year stretch that he's been yeah. on here where he's really put this team on his back. And, you know, you, you can't blame him, uh, especially now, you know, with the potential of him sitting out and, you know, having all these issues. I don't think, you know, the Blazers were going to find themselves into a playoff position. I think they're, you know, four or five games yeah. out as it is right yeah. now, but I don't think they're going to catch the teams ahead of them. It's nice to see Anthony Simon step up and like, maybe he's a piece, you know, going forward, but at some point you or have to realize piece. that too, like you could, yeah. you know, do a full blow up and like, that's what they might have to do. And, it happened, you know, with the Pelicans and their rebuild hasn't gone great. And we see it with these, you know, mid to smaller market teams where if you don't make the move, you know, when the, when the iron's hot, it can really set you back a long time. It's true. That's true. Is there a place you would want to see Dame go right now? Like if you were to get traded, it's like in the, in this season before we got the trade deadline, what about a month or so? maybe a month and a half is there anywhere you would want him to see right now or is it like would you rather work it out portland um i mean this is tough man dame's one of my favorite players stuff just hasn't felt the same in portland since that playoff run they made a few years ago um i don't see him getting traded while this season lasts if anything i think someone makes a big offer in the off season and that's the only way we see it. But yeah. I, I just think he's too loyal to the soil, and that's one of his songs, if you know that. But um, <laughs> nice. yeah, I think no, like literally though, I think he's too loyal. I don't, I don't think he'll uh, have a grudge being injured out for the rest of the season, like some other people that we were talking about earlier might. <laughs> um, if anything happens here, it's going to be the off season. There's going to be like a blockbuster trade deal. I would love to see him in Boston, but I don't want necess- I don't know necessarily the package you would put together for a contract like that at this given time. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm kind of in agreement with you that I would love, you know, if we're if we're talking Celtics here, and I know this has kind of been a rumor for a bit here, stemming from the beginning of last last off season. Um, I'm at the point as a Celtics fan where I'm not willing to give up either of the Jays, you know, regardless of what Kendrick Perkins or any of the other talking heads on ESPN <laughs> have to clown. say. Um, yeah. Um, yeah love that talk. JT moody, tweeted moody, back moody, at him. Moody, 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 moody. <laughs> oh my oh, God. I forgot there. about that jam from uh, draft night. But yeah, no, I just... You're right. Like there's... I don't know if there's a realistic package for the, the Celtics and you know, it would probably have to be one of the Jays if that's – at least that's what I'm sure Portland's thinking. Um, and I don't think any Celtics fan or Brad Stevens is willing to make that move. No. But I think you probably run into that problem trying to make a trade, you know, elsewhere too. I think that, you know, Damian Lillard is a tough guy to trade away. He's also a tough guy to trade for. Like there's And just where he's at with injury right now, and like I had already mentioned age – um, and just how, you know, how much he's already shown you with his career. But, you know, he's early 30s now, only getting older, as I already mentioned, coming off. You know, he's de- dealing with a strange injury right now, obviously has not been happy for about a year and a half in Portland, but wants to stay yeah. true, you know, to the team that's given him chance after chance um, since he's been in the league. So, you know, it, it's a tough situation. I, I'm in agreement. It's like I don't think he'll get traded 
um, at the deadline or before the deadline. I think if anything, it'd be an offseason move. But I just, uh, you know, I don't, I don't even know what a landing spot would look like right now for for Lillard. It's tough. Well, let's think of a deal that has been we've been waiting to go. We got to give our new, our first 2022 Ben Simmons update. It's been <laughs> about a year in in, in the making. Um, we've been we've had Simmons? like 17. <laughs> we've had like 17 Ben Simmons podcasts. I feel like, but mm-hmm. today the rumor or yesterday, Shams wrote in his Inside Pass, his Monday article, that Atlanta has been reaching out to Ben Simmons a lot, or reaching out to Philly about Ben Simmons with a package centered around John Collins and Cam Reddish. Uh, Dunny, let's start with you here. I mean, do you like that deal for both sides? Who says no? And that kind of deal, obviously there would have to be some picks and something else. Atlanta would probably throw would. Well, I'm assuming that that's what the holdup is. The Sixers probably want a little more, but I feel like this is a pretty good deal basketball wise uh, for both teams. Yeah, I would agree. I think, um, I think Philly makes out better there, just in, in my humble opinion. I've, I've, I think I've been, you know, the biggest Cam Reddish truther since since that draft class, just because mm. him getting overlooked by, you know, the likes of Zion and RJ from, you know, from his college days and then, you know, through the draft process and until now, obviously has not gotten nearly the opportunity those other two guys have gotten. Yeah. Um, a fringe bench player at best for the Hawks over the last couple of years. But, you know, when he gets the opportunity, he really shines. And um, there's there's few guys in the NBA that have his combination of athleticism and, you know, pure shooting ability at such a young age. I really like Cam Reddish. John Collins, I mean, he, he kind of speaks for himself. Yep. The athleticism's been yeah. there since he's been in the league. And then he, he kind of made a name for himself last year in the playoffs with the whole – dunking on Embiid and then wearing wearing the shirt of him dunking on Embiid in a press conference. Um, really put his name out there, got a bag, signed a big deal with the Atlanta Hawks and has been catching lobs for the last, you know, X amount of years from Trey Young. They, they have a real special connection. But I think if you're Philly, you're getting two hell of, you know, just fantastic players for a guy who you're not even, you don't even have on the court right now. Exactly. Um, so if they and if they can turn that into a draft pick, also, I mean, I think if you're asking me, this is a much bigger win uh, for the Sixers than the Hawks, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, if Ben Simmons isn't playing for you at all, no matter what you get, is a net positive <laughs> for your team right now. So, yeah, I mean, if you think about it, adding John John Collins there would be huge for them because awesome. then you have another yeah. guy who can you know play down low off Joel Embiid and can, you know, can run the block for you when Embiid's out of that, out of there and continue to run a similar styled offense, I think, where you don't have to just completely transition things when you go to your bench. Um, I, I love Collins. He's just a great all around player. And like you said, Cam Reddish's athleticism speaks for itself, watching that mm-hmm. man get to the rim and some of the finishes he does make in his limited amount of time he gets you know, it proves he has the upside and the ability to do it against NBA talent. Now, you know, is it necessarily in a 25 to 30 minute role per night? It doesn't need to be. If you can come off the bench for a team like the Sixers and just, you know, just be athletic, just go out there and do your thing for, you know, 15 minutes a night. I think he could be a really solid guy who's going to, if he can go out there and get you, you know, close to double digits every night and can, 
you know, pick up a little bit more defensively and play some good team defense. He's a great addition to a team who is right there contending and wanting to get back up into, uh, you know, the, the top of the division. Yeah, he's a guy you would love to have on your bench in the playoffs. I mean, the Sixers have some really decent depth if they got He's a real playmaker on the bench, which is huge. Yeah. But my only question with this trade is what's the incentive for Atlanta? You would ben have, Simmons. You would That's have, what none yes, of us have talked about yes, Ben Simmons right, playing in right. Atlanta. But hear me out. How, how have, amazing would the trade you would okay, have go ahead. Go two ahead. point guards that are exact opposites. Yeah, it's true. I just and so you what are you gonna run Ben Simmons in? Man, both gonna it's Ben Simmons if you're trading for him, but like how would that dynamic work? I don't true. I don't know. I can't picture it. I don't see it. If I'm Atlanta, like screw that like you know what i'm saying like why would you do that but anyway the and plus you don't the... even and then you like say ben simmons comes things don't work out and he does the same thing he's doing in philly right now yeah that's, that's true. i think that's the biggest worry because he actually even before the season be started said that if he were to get traded it's not even a guarantee that he you know steps on the court for another team there you and, go <laughs> and he hasn't he hasn't made a statement since then you know letting us know whether his you know where his mental health at um whether it's better or you know worse from then i i really don't know this is just you know kind of what i'm going off of what he said earlier this season so i yeah, yeah i'm in agreement with you it's like i think it's a huge risk for atlanta that's why i said it's a it's a big w for philly if this trade goes but what I would think is I think there would be a, a positional change, you know, whether it was written on the depth chart or not, I don't think they would use Simmons as a point guard. And, I, you know, I think, you know, I think I'm stating the obvious there. Yeah. Um, I think Trey and Ben would be on the court at the same time. But obviously, um, you know, I think finally maybe a team starts to use Simmons more to his strength. Of course, you know, if Simmons gets out in transition, I don't think Trey's going to, like, take the ball away from him. This guy's still a fantastic playmaker. But, you know, I think we see a lot more of Ben Simmons in that 10, 15-foot um, mid-range area and then try to attack on the block, too. And then you have yeah. – I mean, they have great shooting outside of Trey on the Atlanta Hawks, too. So I think it's something that the Hawks could make work if, if Simmons lands there. But, again – just a giant question mark. Big liability. Yeah. I I wasn't thinking about the ball handling, um, but I think that if they were smart, they would use both of them, honestly. Like, play, mm -hmm. play Trey off the ball like Steph plays off the ball. Have him run around. He's not as great of a three-point shooter, especially not off the catch like that. But mm -hmm. it, it similar ways like that, like Simmons, honestly, on off the court, like if they were they kind of staggered their minutes too, that's two completely different looks you could give teams where you have Ben Simmons out running point and then you throw like it's just different. I I think I think those two though together in the, some kind of pick and roll and then the fast break, like that shit would just bro that shit just seems electric to me like i can just you can just see them kind of flying down the floor and everything running running up and down and this team sucks right now like atlanta is not yeah. good that's the only thing too is like john collins is complaining he doesn't want to be there he's like that he's like this team isn't i think his quote the other day is this team hasn't been battling this year or something like that which is not what you want to hear from one of your yeah. top players and it's that's what worries me about the collins the collins thing has always worried me because it felt like they kind of just signed him to trade him in a deal like this eventually for somebody better. And I feel like that dynamic is what worries me about ATL. But 
Simmons, like you said, you guys have all said, Simmons could blow that shit up right away too, and then you're just back where you were, or even in a worse space. Yeah, it's it's a gamble. It is a gamble. <laughs> all right, so as we we're gonna wrap up here, we did the East Conference before in 2021, our last episode. So we'll dive into the rest of the West here at the end. We've already touched on Golden State. I think we all have established those are that's our favorite in the West by far, all of us. So let's go in to the state of LA basketball. We'll start with the Lakers. AD is nearing his return. LeBron's been playing outstanding in his absence. Um, Russell Westbrook has not. He hasn't figured it out yet. But we're getting. If you see, if you guys have seen, I'm sure you've all seen it. The Russ calendar. We're getting into. This is the greatest basketball player of all time on that calendar. It's right around the middle of January. Triple double season. So he's coming up on it, and AD's coming back. So the Lakers. We know that we know what they can potentially look like coming back. Also, we don't haven't heard a lot from Kawhi because we don't hear anything from Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> but the anticipation was that he could potentially be ready for a playoff run, and that team has still been steady. They've still been pretty good. Paul George been great. playing outstanding. So, which of these two, Dunny? Which of these two LA teams are you more bullish on going into the rest of the year as they both kind of sit outside of the top of the West, but definitely lurking? And I don't think any of these top teams want to see them at all. No, I mean, right now, I just, I think it would, I don't know. Obviously, Lakers sitting at the seven seed, Clippers right now at the nine seed, but they're only a game back. I don't know. I mean, we've talked about it before. I, the Lakers, they just they just scare me this year. Like it's it's almost like um, there's like a, a bit of lost hope there. All the all the post game pressers you see, especially after losses, are just like oh, depressing. So man. sad. Like you 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 look at Russell Westbrook <laughs> that last night what game. the other night. It was like two nights ago, wasn't he? Yeah, when two he was nights like ago was a game. He shot like two at twelve, two eleven, or something like yeah. that. And like that's that is a man who stands up straight and has impeccable posture, dude. This guy's this guy's chin was almost on the table the way he was sitting there. I was like, yeah. just just looking at their body language, and you know, I see people breaking it down on TikTok all the time. Like, um, I think it was when they lost to the Grizzlies the other night. They did, the Grizzlies were kind of like you know fanboying, like laughing with each other after a big play. And Braun like went up to them and be like, "That's the last time you ever pulled that shit" or something like that. It's like <laughs> people people are like starting to say Braun. the Lakers don't even know how to lose at this point. Oh man, um, that's it, bad. it's uh, it's yeah, just okay. yeah, it's sad, dude. It's like the old LeBron. I feel like takes takes a loss like that on the chin and then comes out and drops a triple double on you. And not that LeBron's been playing poorly, like you mentioned, he's been he's been playing he's been great balling basketball. out. Yeah, oh, you, but, I mean, you saw the video of him uh, talking shit and just not shutting up and then literally just taking the ball, running down and just slamming it right down their face. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, he's ignorant as hell, dude. I love <laughs> it. He's, he's got fire that only he has, you know what I mean, at, at right. those times. And he, yeah. he can take over and, and carry the Lakers, but when he doesn't... It's uh, a mess. It's so messy <laughs> right now, yeah. And I feel like that's the issue. I feel like um, past, past teams that have LeBron James as the you know, focal point, and he's that centerpiece. Uh, for some reason, his entire career, people have eaten that up, and it's been contagious, and you see it come out in his other teammates. But for whatever reason, this season, uh, it, it is not happening that way. Yeah. I mean, even when AD was playing, he was playing probably Poor the man. worst basketball I've seen of Anthony Davis's career. Definitely yes. shooting Oh, yes. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, he was horrible. Uh, Russell Westbrook. This is this is one of the worst stints I've seen of his career. And then we've Jake. I mean, me and you have kind of brought this point out to exhaustion. But they don't have great players outside of their big three. They just don't. I mean, they have no, it's a, a bunch, bad roster. They have a handful of average guys, and then a bunch of people who should not check into the game. Polinka <laughs> totally blew up the roster in a way that was not beneficial whatsoever. GM uh, LBJ, I believe. Yeah, that I oh, think it was right, more yeah. GM LeBron. Okay, and that's, okay, that that's makes the sense. problem. And, the problem uh, is that he wanted Russ. They could have had Buddy healed for a much lesser offer than what they had to give up for Russ, and I yeah. think they're kicking themselves for not doing that because that's the exactly the type of guy they need. What were you going to say, Slick? I was just going to say, if they want to make a playoff run, they need AD playing basketball like he was in the bubble when they yeah, made that run. For sure. Um, and I still think the Clippers could have a good playoff run too. It would be it would really help them if Kawhi came back. But I think mm-hmm. the Lakers need AD more than the Clippers need Kawhi. As crazy as that sounds, I think that's facts. I agree, though. Yeah, I 100 percent agree. And the Clippers Tigers are like Clippers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, it, things haven't been great, but when you think about you know not having Duran out there or. Not Durant. Jeez, the board man. I'm just getting all mixed up now. Uh, but Kawhi, yeah, like we just don't hear from him. You don't know what's going on. But it seems like you'd likely get him there to go into the playoffs. So just get in. Like that's all you really need to do. Um, I don't want to be the eight seed and have to play the Warriors. But if, if you just get me Kawhi into the playoffs with Paul George and the rest of this roster – who's had to, you know, put more burden on their back, you know, carry the team a little bit more. So some of these guys really, you know, stepping up into some bigger roles. So that's exactly what you need from them. So once you get Kawhi back, you got to hope that you are in a, in a position still to win there. Um, and, and I like what I've been seeing for the most part. Uh, Paul George is, you know, doing what he has to do to keep them in contention. So hopefully they can just keep that up now over the second half of the season. Just got to string together just some more wins. Got to stay above 500. It's going to be tough there in the West, but I think they can get it done. For sure. In the West, the West right now. So they're in, I mean, they're right in the striking distance. The Mavericks are 22 and 18, eight and a half games back. Then you got the Nuggets behind nine and a half back. 20 and 10 back in the eight seed, the Timberwolves 10 and a half back, and then the Clippers 11 back. So it's two and a half games separating the five through nine. And you got to think like with those playing games now, getting this and and with the playing games and also the Warriors and Suns being the one and two seeds and kind of being the two dominant teams, maybe in the league, but definitely in the West so far this year. You want to avoid those seven and eight as much as you can. Like get to that six yeah. and play Utah or get to that five and play Memphis. Not that those are, and we're going to get into them here to wrap up. Those are great basketball teams too, but you don't want to go to Golden State or Phoenix. So getting in, getting ahead, getting rolling now and getting to that six or that five is so important right now with that grouping. So let's get into it as we wrap up here. The biggest threat to Golden State, Phoenix is tied with them right now, 30 and nine. Um, Utah 28 and 13, three games back at the three seed. Memphis plays Golden State in about an hour, um, and they are 28-14, three and a half games back. So, Ty, who is your biggest threat to Golden State out of this grouping? Yeah, I mean, it's great to see what John Morant's doing with Memphis right now with those nine consecutive wins. But, you know, how much is that, you know, job really just getting hot carrying this team right now? Mm-hmm. It's, it's a big part of it. You know, he's getting some some help, but it's, it's a lot of the John Morant show. So, um, when I'm looking at it, I think, you know, just all around roster, I think the Suns have the best team. They're built the best. They're just they're just so deep all around. 
Um, they have the experience now of last year's big run. I think, you know, it's, they're they have to be the biggest threat. You just, you know, Booker can go off any night. You got, you know, Aiton continuing to take steps forward. So um, I like where Phoenix is, and I'd like, you know, I'd like them to stay in that two seed probably the rest of the season too. For sure. How you feeling about it, Slick? Yeah, I got to go ahead and agree with Ty. I um, I think Memphis is a dark horse in the West, and they could make a run for themselves. But if anyone's going to give the Golden State Warriors a fight, it's got to be the Suns. They've kept that roster mostly intact. And what we thought was a championship roster, a lot of people thought they were going to take that series against the Bucks uh-huh. campaign shooting the gym shooting the lights out at the gym like almost every night in the playoffs it was it was a really fun team to watch and let's be honest i think we would all get our money's worth if we saw a western conference finals of phoenix and golden state that's Mm. damn sure oh yeah how how about you dunny yeah i mean it, like it pains me to be in agreement here, but I one I just <laughs> let let the record be shown. I'm I'm taking Phoenix, but Memphis is my second. Utah can get out of here until they. <laughs> I was gonna say none of us are gonna pick Utah. <laughs> they You're do the same thing every year in the playoffs, <laughs> and they're is... finally like more efficient offensively and like playing still solid defense. But I still yeah. don't I still don't trust it over the long run. Like nope. let's see if. Utah, the Utah series. Jazz have been on a prove it deal with Happy Hour Hoops for the last <laughs> like almost two years now. So in, until since I the start, inception of Happy Hour Hoops, we have been skeptical of the Jazz. They got man. toasted by Terrence Mann, a uh, low mass native, by the way. Oh yeah, no big deal over here. Ty B knows all about Terrence Mann, but they got one of those guys really stepping up in the playoffs um, last year. But yeah, I think for me it's it's Phoenix. I mean, they were there last year. Uh, they have a fantastic squad. I, I talked about it a couple weeks ago. I think they have one of the best benches in the league. They certainly have, in my opinion, the best depth in the league. Um, but I do really, really like the what Memphis is doing, the, the style of play that they have. It almost reminds you of that Memphis team um, back in the day. You know, Mike Con- Connolly was a young – young stud in the league, kind of like how Jai is now with the likes of Marcus Gasol, Zach Randolph, Tony Allen, Rudy Gay. I'm getting a lot yeah. of those vibes from this Memphis team. team. Um, and I will say, John Morant really hasn't looked back ever since J. Cole nope. said on my life, uh, John Morant, I'm on my <laughs> Grizzly. Girl, when I heard um, that bar, I got so hyped. I was about to punch a hole in my wall. That's all, that's all I'm going to say. He, he really hasn't looked back since then. Um, but, yeah, I, th- I also think, you know, even though I took, took Phoenix in this uh, little questionnaire here that we did, I think tonight's Golden State-Memphis Grizzlies matchup could be a, a good test for the Grizzlies and, for sure, you yeah. know, a good showing of what we might, you know, what we might witness in the playoffs, so. Really I'm very stuff. interested to see uh, Clay Thompson on John ja Morant talk, bringing this podcast full circle. Yeah. Clay and his defense on Ja is going to be the biggest thing. Uh, we, you guys have all t- have all have tiptoed around it. I'm going full in with Memphis. I was watching them the other night, and and I've just Let's been go. watching them on this run. I'm like, this team can make the finals. Like, I don't, I don't care. Like, Ja, Ja is going to have trouble in the playoffs at some times. There's going to be teams mm-hmm. that are able to take him out of games in some situations. But they're so fucking deep, dude. And what you said about the grind city, like the old classic grinded out Memphis team. Remember every remember in the summer when everybody got like 
up in arms when they traded Jonas Valanciunas and got mm-hmm. Steven Adams. And they're like, why would they ever do that? Yo, Adams, because Adams is perfect for what they needed. They needed just a bully and a, a force down there next yeah. to Jaron Jackson. So he didn't have to do as much defensively. Get them Jonas buckets. is not a good defender. And now, and Jackson hasn't even played up to his potential this year. That's the crazy thing. No. Desmond Bain has, though. Desmond Bain is <laughs> like up. one of the best young players in the league, one of the best shooters in the league. Dylan Brooks is a gunner. He's basically Jordan Clarkson yeah. 2.0. You know what you're getting with him. Halsey can't talent, stop talking about you. Desmond Bain. Oh, we should be looking out for that. Halsey N1 <laughs> doing some, some, some tweets there. A lot of Bain I don't tweets, know. yeah. This is if this is a this is a potential. The season ended today. This is your second round matchup, Memphis and Golden State. The matchup tonight. So this game, like mm-hmm. I, we've been talking about it, and honestly, this I've been looking forward to it since I saw it pop up the other day when I was looking through. This is going to be a great matchup tonight and a great test for Memphis at home. And I think that they match up really well with the Warriors, and so do the Suns. Though I'm with you guys too on the Suns. I think the Suns match up incredible. The Suns match up with anybody. They're just one of the most versatile teams. In the league, and then Utah, yeah, nah, it's not, nah. <laughs> <laughs> They're on a prove it deal. Uh, Enough said. Yeah. All right, that'll do it for Happy Hour Hoops for Jake, Micah, myself, for Donovan Holden, Ty B, Slick L. Thank you guys for joining. As always, great to have you. What a show! Follow us at Happy Hour Hoops One. Subscribe to Happy Hour Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. See you later, guys. Thank you for joining. Later, guys. Thank you.